is Ariana. My pronouns are she, they, and I identify as pansexual or queer. Hi, I'm Madison. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as a straight ally. I'm Allie. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a lesbian. So, all three of us are from Mingo County, West Virginia. We all come from different cities or towns in the county, but we all went to the same high school. We've known each other for a long time. So, we wanted to come together to talk about religion and how it's influenced our allyship practices, our personal identities, and how we're able to love other people. So, for me personally... um. I grew up in a very affirming household, but it was because of my parents' rocky relationship with religion. So it was a Don't bl- we all have a rocky relationship <laughs> with religion. Right. But it it I'm glad that my parents weren't the kind to put on like a brave face and be like, We're perfect Christians <laughs> you know. Yeah. So from the time I was little they were very transparent about we have been in and out of the church because we have been hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we have wanted to explore other religions, and we encourage you to do the same. So I'm thankful that I had that kind of environment to fall back on because that also opened up the door for me to start my own allyship journey. And um, my parents right now, they identify as pagan and... Me, in high school, I was in youth group, and I was one of the leaders of prayer club at my school, and religion was very much a big part of my life for a little while there. So I think that it has just been kind of on and off for me, but if I had to kind of like sum it up a little bit, um, I didn't feel a lot of religious pressure as a kid. And then I felt a lot of religious pressure in high school, which was a new experience. And now I'm kind of in the middle. I'm navigating the difference between those two experiences and how they currently impact me. Yeah, I think we're kind of different in that aspect, though, because I always felt religious pressure growing up. Um, You know, I was at church the majority of the week sometimes multiple times in a day um and so there was always the pressure to be like the perfect like little christian girl who evangelized all of her friends and so clearly that made things really awkward because like when you have this friend that doesn't know how to have a real conversation other than just like come to church with me <laughs> that's a little weird yeah. you know right. um but that's just how it was growing up probably until I was like 18 you know mm-hmm. that's literally like the majority of my life that that I felt like that that I felt like I couldn't be like a normal kid because I had to be different, you know? Right. I couldn't listen to like secular music. I couldn't do anything normal because I had to constantly show the love of Christ and <laughs> I had to be like the walking embodiment of the the church, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so that makes things that that always made things difficult to just be like a normal 
kid who just had normal friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So my background with church is um it's pretty similar to Allie's. Um, I wasn't in church quite as long as she was. I probably went till I was about 10 or 11. Um, and I probably went about like three days a week. And even though I didn't stay in church that long, um, you know, I, I believed in God and, and everything that the church, you know, taught me for a long time until I, I got into my late teens. Um, but something that I had always disagreed with, um, (laughs) that was kind of talked a lot about in church was how like anti-gay the church was. Um, I never understood that. I, I, I still don't understand why. Um, it's, not accepted yeah but it isn't and you know in church you know you're taught that it's bad and in my household um that was not accepted that was you know we we believed everything that the bible said and we believed everything that we were taught in church and we weren't allowed to go against it um and so I was always expected to not agree with what was supposed to be a choice of being yeah. gay. Yeah. Um, which we obviously know is not a choice. But they um, never told you why. Yeah, they never They, they, they never, never explained why. why you can't, why yeah. it's a sin. So, um, you know, in my life, I was told I wasn't supposed to judge anyone and I wasn't supposed to hate anyone um, because that is, is taught in the Bible that that is also not allowed but in the church you know it's it's taught that you are not allowed to be okay with gay people yeah so therefore you are allowed to hate right righteously yeah Yeah. it's like it's hypocritical yeah like the points weren't lining up yeah and so you know it says you aren't allowed to judge but how are you not supposed to judge if you know, you think someone is gay or someone is gay. Yeah. Because like, you can't wholeheartedly accept that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've always had problems with that. Um, and my problems with the church eventually led me to stop going, which um, my family did not agree with. I was almost forced to go to church even after I wanted to stop, but... They couldn't physically make me go, so I didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, but although I stopped going to church, um, you know, I, I still believed in God and, and in a lot of the beliefs for a long time, and I like it just it shaped the way that I thought and the way that I was and in the way that I saw the world, and you know, it was it's. It's a very hypocritical just lifestyle and, yeah, you know, belief style and, yeah. And it's hard, too, like, whenever you have friends who are still trapped in that system yeah. and then you, you're trying to break away. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had a friend in middle school who 
was, you know, like a diehard Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Allie was. For yeah. Long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and our differences about religion, specifically gay rights, ended our friendship. Um, yeah. And I have definitely lost at least a, a good few of my friendships just due to differences of religion that surround gay rights and accepting people and loving people mm-hmm. um which is so that's such an insane concept yeah that you can just because you are like hey i don't hate gay people yeah then someone can be like well i hate you for not well, hating I hate them. you yeah <laughs> yeah or it's, it's like it's always it's not ever said we're allowed to hate no, them. No, yeah. It, but it, it's implied. That's right. that's essentially what it... That, love the sinner, hate the sin. Mm-hmm. I literally... I hate that concept, yeah. quite frankly. Right. Um, because that is just... That is a way of beating around the bush mm-hmm. and saying that I don't really accept you. Mm-hmm. And I don't really love you for who you are. Yeah. Because if you look at someone and you're like... They're living in sin. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says I have to love them, so I do. No, you don't. No. No, you don't. <laughs> you have to be able to accept accept someone for who they are yeah. in order to love them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like, it's it's interesting in my case because, like, I... People knew me as an ally growing up, but interestingly enough, like, even though I knew people did not agree with it... And I had to defend my stances against people, like, in the seventh grade whenever I wrote an essay on it. I was still accepted in my social groups. But then it came later after I was involved in the church that... And then after we came out in college because I... After I came out, then I started hearing people from high school that would make comments like, I cannot believe they would let someone like her run prayer club. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. I cannot believe that they let her pray over me or yeah. lead the prayer at baccalaureate. And it's like, at the time, it wasn't an issue. Yeah. But it was after the fact, after they realized that I was queer at that time. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, it didn't no. matter. That's, what's, that's, that's literally what is so interesting. You were, you were in a female relationship at that time. Right. Literally, as you were praying at baccalaureate, you know, leading right. prayer club, whatever, and no one thought anything of it. Right. You know? But People it was told just... me at the time how moved they were yes. by what I was saying. Yeah. But then all of that just... Canceled out. Canceled yeah. out. The, the slate was wiped away. My power had no meaning. Or, like, my prayer had no meaning. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's frustrating. is because at the time, what I prayed and what I felt was genuine. Yeah. And I truly loved other people with all of my heart because I knew that I did not have to be prohibited in my same-sex relationship while also practicing faith. Yes. And that, to other people, was just, like, unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that with religion, it is tricky at home because even being an ally makes you suspicious mm-hmm. in some cases. Yeah. Um, and... That's what makes Appalachia unique is that even though there are inevitably, like, queer people here, um, even allies have a hard time defending queer people without 
they themselves facing retaliation. Yeah, we live in such a big Christian culture in our area that it doesn't matter if you say you are a Christian, if you believe in God, if you are doing everything quote-unquote right um, according to the Bible, even if you are accepting of Mm -hmm. gay people. Yeah. And, like, just not wanting anything bad to happen to them. Yeah. That is viewed as going against the Bible, going against God, and you are therefore judged for that. Yeah. Just associating with gay people Mm -hmm. is enough to be like, you are going to hell just like just like the gay people you love mm-hmm. um and so that's insane it really is yeah and i think we we all talked about this a little bit the other day but it's almost like there are degrees of separation between like queerness and the church yeah so if you are openly queer you cannot touch the church you cannot touch religion you cannot touch religious people and then if you are an ally to queer folks, there's like one degree of separation, but you're still not accepted. Yeah. yeah. And you can still be shunned. Mm-hmm. And then if you are a family member of a queer person, even if you yourself do not accept them, yeah, they're still like, mm, their child was led astray. Or, and you know, it or, must be their fault. Right. And I think, I think part of the reason why when I came out to my mom, I think that... Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why she had such a hard time with it. Because when I came out to my mom, it was immediately... Like, the day before, I was fine. I was good little Christian Allie that I had always been. But the day after, I mean, the day of, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like everything had changed. You know? She was, like, calling me and, like, sobbing and telling me, like, now she hates her life. And... Mm -hmm. Now, like, you know, I've ruined everything. I'm an abomination, all this stuff. And I was, and I remember, I I remember just being so calm Mm -hmm. and being like, Mom, I am still a good person. Yeah. I'm still, and I never, and I literally told her, I was like, I've never said that. I never say, I'm a good person. I deserve good things. Yeah. Because, you know, I always humility was important in the church (laughs) and so if I mastered one thing it's humility right (laughs) um not to brag but (laughs) I'm very humble um okay Michael Scott no no, I told my mom I was like I'm a good person and I still love people and I literally like what I don't do anything yeah I don't do anything people would think is considered bad Mm -hmm. except I love another girl and if that is the only problem you can have with me then you're pretty lucky as a mom honestly honestly yeah but and I, I just remember her literally just like sobbing and being like how are you so calm right now you you just think this is all a big joke don't you because you're so calm and I was just like mom I just have peace about it like yeah. I am like I am fine because mm-hmm. this is me Hello, you know yeah. uh, and, and so in that moment I just realized that that very quickly changed how my mom loved me yeah um, very quickly and 
definitely in the three years I've been out, it's definitely not been like the same at all. You yeah. know, I from any of my family haven't felt the same kind of love. Yeah, I even as an ally, um, I have people in my immediate family that are part of the community and when that person came out in the family it was such a big deal it like my family the way that they reacted was so dramatic and you know it was it was like it was like it was the end of the world yeah um and just seeing how strong of a reaction that literally just coming out had on the family um for that family member um it really changed my relationship with people in my family that were very very unaccepting yeah um, that were very anti-gay um like before that you know even if our our relationship wasn't even the greatest after that it was like you know how how could you say all of this terrible stuff yeah. to this person for for literally just coming out for literally just loving who they want to love um, right and it made it made it changed the way that i love that part of the family yeah right and i think just to like kind of tie up some ends here and reflect a little bit on what both of you have said so for me like, even though I said I was raised in, a, in an affirming household, which, you know, my parents say that they're allies. <laughs> um, they say. They say. Uh, and, you know, that is true to a certain extent. But whenever I... So I, I had a lot of abusive and toxic relationships with men in my life um, from a young age. And so then whenever I was in a relationship with a woman my my dad especially was just kind of like oh it makes sense you're a lesbian Mm -hmm. and so I think I tried to force myself into the lesbian box for a while and then I realized "Mm, that's not quite right (laughs) like I I like more than just women um and I felt such shame about it and whenever I found out about the term pansexual it felt right um and I mean I I think now I just say queer more so because there's a lot of tension between the bi pan debate which is a whole different rabbit hole that I won't go down but um so even though they said that they were allies my my parents did not they didn't give me validation about acknowledging my accurate and true identity mm-hmm. and that ha- that's still a struggle to this day and that set the stage for my younger brother who is also pansexual. Yeah. And so it's interesting because you had a family member who came out and you got to see that secondhand. Mm-hmm. And so my brother, he saw my coming out as this specific identity and how they didn't acknowledge it or accept it, even though they were supposed to be good allies. Yeah. And that made him think, is it even worth it to come out? So it, it is interesting. But I think that if we had to connect this back to like a reading, I think that... As we've been talking, I thought a lot about Lord's Peace, the uses mm-hmm. of anger, women responding to racism, because, yeah, it's like all of us have kind of talked about why should black folks uh, have to address racists? You know, like they say horrible, nasty thing. Similarly, why should queer folks have to address homophobes right. when they say horrible, nasty things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, 
it shouldn't be on the backs of minorities to take on the emotional labor of educating their oppressors. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think that's something to think about as we wrap things up is just how can people in Appalachia, people in West Virginia, people in Mingo County, how can we bridge the gap between LGBTQ folks and their allies because even if their allies are stigmatized, they can't even act as the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how can we connect those folks to people who are so blinded by their fundamentalist views mm-hmm. that they are not accepting of those who are different than them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, one more comment. It's like, you know, I've, I've been out for quite a few years now and it's increasingly difficult to want to continue the fight to like educate my family and tell my family like I'm still the same person you know Mm -hmm. but it's you just I think you just have to learn like it's not on us to -hmm. tell people how to love us well Right. You know, like you're my mom, you should know how to love me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in Appalachia, that is a problem we continue to face. Right. Just yeah. telling people how to love allies, how to love actually queer people, and how to love them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just a really difficult thing. Right. Yeah. So I think that... Um, if we had to kind of tie this in a neat little package, it's just we want people to think about how religion is so deeply ingrained into our culture. Uh, and even though we all three had similarities in our experiences, we also had some differences. But it's important that we extend the conversation to people who are different than us because yeah. true diversity doesn't exist unless there are opposites in the room. And so, just be kind to yourselves, be kind to other people, and think about the weight of your words, and just try to love others. Yeah. So, bye! Bye, thank you.